I'm Pastor Adam Burton at Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky, and you are listening to our weekly sermon podcast. I pray that God blesses you through the proclamation of His Word. If you are in Maysville, we would love to see you at one of our worship services. We gather every Sunday at 1045 a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. at 437 Central Avenue in Maysville. If you are listening outside of Maysville, my desire is for you to be in weekly attendance at a Bible-believing church where you live. This week's sermon is from our series in 1 Thessalonians, titled Living in Light of Christ's Return. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Thessalonians. We are back in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2. Uh, we're going to pick it up at verses 17 and then go through through chapter 3. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse seven, starting in verse 17, going through uh, all of chapter 3 this morning. One of the things I enjoy to do when I, when I visit with people, especially couples, and especially those, those couples that have been married for a, a, a long amount of time, is to ask them, them how they, they met. And, because almost every time when you hear that, you can see their, their, their eyes perk up. And to be able to, to think about uh, those first few uh, days, weeks, or months when that relationship uh, began. And I've told several of you have asked, you know, how Jess and I have, have met. And, uh, you know, that uh, I can still see it as, uh, as clear as, as yesterday. Uh, uh, it involves the Fazolis, and, um, and so there's, if you've noticed, the way to my heart is through, uh, through food, um, but uh, we, we met at uh, Fazolis in, in Frankfurt. I was, was living in, in Lawrenceburg at the time, and she was just a graduated from college, and their, their choir at Alice Lloyd College was on tour. They would travel around to different churches, uh, different locations, and for, uh, through God's providence, uh, this year, they were just traveling through Kentucky. And, and so they had, had stopped in, in Frankfurt, and that's where I first laid eyes on, on Jess. And um, I, I think there was some ulterior motives by my brother, who was also in the choir at the time. He, he likes to think of himself as, as a matchmaker. Uh, we don't give him any credit for that because that would just inflate his, his ego even more than it, than it already is. Uh, but... That night, they were driving up on their way to, to Louisville to do a concert at, at, at a church up there. And so uh, it was Wednesday night, I remember it. And I figured, you know what? Instead of going to, to my church tonight, I'm just going to drive up to Louisville just to hear the choir, the choir sing uh, that night. And, well, <laughs> we could just say that the choir was... Uh, they were making a joyful noise to the Lord. Um, it was not the best choir that I had ever heard, but um, uh, but is it, <laughs> I'll, uh, but I remember Jess just came and they would kind of greet all of the people as a, and she she came up to to me and uh, and, and and greeted me and so. I loved the choir so much that they came, stopped in Lexington uh, on that next Sunday, and I went to hear them in, uh, in sing in, in Lexington as well. And, and so I think Jess realized at that time that I was not coming uh, for the choir. <laughs> I came to, to see her. And, uh, and so it was that night we, we went out to eat again. With, I joined the choir and ate with them. And um, Somehow I got, got Jess's his phone number and, and contacted her uh, the following week. But 
that the first summer was was, was kind of difficult for us in in the relationship because I was in in Lawrenceburg and she was back home and in Camden where where she's from and so we didn't get to uh, get to get together very very often and because of work schedules it was hard to, to be on the phone and and where she lived up in the mountains uh, didn't get very good uh, phone reception up there so uh, sometimes we would we would text back and forth but she would have to like put our phone up in the, in the window of her bedroom and then maybe thirty minutes later uh, she would get a, get the text that I had sent her. Sometimes it would maybe be the next day that I would get a reply. And, and you know what it's like when you first in a relationship with somebody and they don't immediately respond to you. You begin to thinking, oh, okay, what is going on here? What have I done? You know, and, uh, but, uh, but come to find out it was only because she never got, got the text message or the phone call. And so we would get together every, every now and then over, over the course of, of the summer, uh, but in those times where where we weren't together, my my mind was was on her. I was thinking about her, and I was desiring to to be with her. And many of you probably have similar stories, although the circumstances may be different. There is one common theme with when we love somebody, and that is is that we have just this this deep desire and and longing to to spend time with them. So that's kind of where we are. Um, are heading in the book of of First Thessalonians. Paul is uh, is away from from the church of Thessalonica. We know that he had to to leave the church be, or leave Thessalonica because of of the persecution that was was happening. But yet, even though Paul was afar, he still had that love and that desire and that care for the Thessalonians. So let us pick up our passage this morning and read it to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 17. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face, because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown or of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we, and we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction just as it has come to pass and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent, you to, learn, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we wait to see you. For this reason, brothers, and all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly 
night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. May God bless the reading of his holy word. Our main idea this morning surrounding this passage is that God's people must fervently love one another. God's people must fervently love one another. So how do we do that? How are we called to, to love one another? Well, we do this in, in several different ways. One is we walk together. You can't love somebody if you don't spend time with them. We see this, that, that we have to share a, a genuine concern for one another. You see, as we've been, been teaching over the last several weeks is that the church is, is not just another organization. We're not just something that you just come and be a part of when you, when you want or when you like and, or come to get something, but we are a, a, a body of brothers and sisters here who are united in Christ. And with that, we love each other. We do so by having that genuine concern for one another. So what I would, would caution us is to, to not be fake. Like fake news is, is a popular term now. You can't hardly turn on the TV without somebody, and I'll leave one particular person nameless, and calling out fake news. Right? We don't often know what to, to trust in the news media anymore, whether it, it is true or it is not. But we as people can put up a very fake face as well. We often hear somebody ask you how you're doing without even thinking. We just say, oh, I'm fine. And really deep down, we know that, that you're not, not fine. Or sometimes, and sometimes it's the, 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 it goes on the person asking the question, have you ever been the one asking how somebody doing? And then they start to actually tell you what's, what's going on in their life. And you're like, well, I really didn't want to, to hear about all of that. I just wanted you to say, say fine. And so we need to not be be fake. Sometimes that's, that's one of the, uh, one of the, the detriments of the church that the people in the outside world say, I don't want to be a part of a group that is fake. We can put on a, a face here, but when we're outside of these walls, are, are we acting like we have this genuine concern for, for one another? Are we selected? Are we only caring for those people that, that we like that are in our circle or we could say even click? Or do we care for the entire body of, of Christ? We also share a mutual admiration for one another. We need to admire each other. I, I love... Uh, I love churches and I say that I love the established church, churches that have been around a while. Uh, and I've been a part of different churches throughout my, my life and ministry. But I like that because you, you see people of different generations together. You see grandparents, sometimes in some cases, great grandparents with grandparents and parents and, and teenagers and, and young adults and, and kids and babies all together. And if I can picture what heaven is like, I see that it's similar to, to that. Everybody, all ages to coming together to unite in 
Christ. One of the things that, that I like to do, especially, is, is talk with older people. And I admire many older. I love hearing the stories of, of years gone, gone by. And you know, one of the, the things that, that we're starting to see with, with young people is that young people are actually wanting to have older people that would mentor them, that would pour in into their lives. I think there's a, a couple of reasons for that. I think we see that, that in some cases that, that young people don't have those role models in their own family. Some of them are growing up in, in broken homes or in, in, in homes where their father or mother is not the best example for them to, to follow. So they're seeking out that type of, of mentorship or, or somebody to, to pour into to their life. And so we should admire one another. But my, my um, exhortion for, for some of you is to be that person that, that somebody would want to admire. Be that example. Um, you know, one of the things that is pairing up young people with, with older people is, is you, can, you can teach them so, so much. And, and you, honestly, you, you see it both ways. Uh, sometimes you can teach, but also you, you, you learn. How much have we learned from our own children over the years? So we need to, to be ag- examples of of um, as older people for that of our younger people to to follow. One of the dangers that we have, those of us that have been around uh, a few years, is that we, we tend to, to glamorize our lives, the past, and we also talk down about the present. So we look back and we think how the, the glory years were the years when we were growing up, and, but now the world is so, is just, you know, is, is gone, gone so bad. And there's some truth in, in that. But if oftentimes, if we were to think back to those years that we were growing up, life wasn't always that great. We didn't always make the right choice. We didn't always do the right thing. Sometimes the best teacher is sharing our failures with others. Uh, is not saying that I am the perfect person for, for you to, to, to model, but look, I've been here before. I know the pressure and the difficulty that you face. And in doing so, don't do what I did, but, 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 but do the, the opposite of, of what I did. And your life would be much more easier or fruitful because of that. My, my caution to you is parents, be careful how you criticize somebody else or the story of of a, a, a family that were, they were coming to church on the Sunday and, and uh, the father, they get home after and they're eating, eating lunch and the father starts criticizing the worship leader. Just didn't like the way he was, was singing, leading. He said he didn't feel like, you know, the spirit was, was in it at, at all. And the wife took him to aside and took him out of the room and said, don't you ever do that. He's like, what, what? She says, I know the music isn't what you like, said, but what you are doing is you are planting seeds of apostasy in our children. Because they were in the worship band. They played the drums or played the guitar. They played the instruments. And in some ways, they looked up to that worship leader. By him tearing down somebody else in their presence, she, the, the mother said, look, you're going to always be in church because that's what you grew up with. Whether you liked it or not, you're, you were in that pew. But he said, our kids aren't like that. They see that you don't believe in what you what you do. They're going to walk away. He says, and you will regret that 
forever. Um, another story of, of a grandmother. She had prayed for years and years that her grandson would, would come to church. And finally, when he was in his, in his 20s, he called her up and said, Grandma, I'm, I'm going to come to church this Sunday and I'll sit up there. They would sit up in the balcony in the back. And so that Sunday, he, he shows up. Now, he'd never really been in, in church before. He didn't really know the, the show that we're supposed to, to put on our, our Sunday best. So he came in just what he would normally wear, just torn up old blue jeans and a T-shirt and a, and a baseball cap. And before church was, was starting, he goes up and, and to meet his, meet his grandmother sitting up in the pew. And she looks at him and she says, Take that hat off right now. This is God's house. You are embarrassing me and our entire family. And he looked at her and he said, this is the last day that I will ever set foot in a church again. And he got up and he walked out. And at that moment, the grandmother had tears in her eyes because she realized what she had done. She realized that that because she wanted him to be respectable in the eyes of the other church, other members of the church, that, that really what she did is she, she caused him to never want to come back to church. Her desire for him to look good on the outside was more important than, than the fact that he was even at church. And, and she realized it, but it was, it was too late by that time. And to my knowledge, he is never been set foot back in a church. But we have to walk together. We have to have this mutual admiration towards one another. We need to, we need to build each other up. Right? Are, you a, are you a builder or do you, do you tear people down? Sometimes we, we tear others down to make ourselves look good. That's, we call that a, a bully. Sadly, there are, are bullies in our churches. Are you, you know, we need to be people that, that, that builds, that loves each other, walking with one another together, loving each other and building us up, not tearing us down. But secondly, we, we sacrifice together. And we do this by, by sacrificing our plans for that of, of another. We see that in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, where Paul is saying, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left at Athens alone. And what did he do? He sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker. See, Paul wanted to be with the Thessalonians in Thessalonica. But he knew that it was not in God's plan for him to be there at that time. So what did he do? He sent his most trusted associate, his son in the faith, Timothy, he sent him, he didn't send the, 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 the guy that, you know what, that, that nobody wanted to be around, that, you know what, my life would be a lot easier if he wasn't, wasn't here. He didn't send them off. No, he sent his, his best friend, his, I mean, closest associate to go to the Thessalonians. He sacrificed in the greatest way that, that probably he, he could so that the Thessalonians would be taught and that they would be encouraged. We also must sacrifice our comforts for one another. We must sacrifice our comforts for one another. We like to be comfortable. 
We, we do that. We, 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 we make sure that, that, that we have pews with padding, and I'm all for having padding in the pews. We want to make sure that the thermostat's set right so that we, 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 we are, are comfortable. We do that in our, our homes. We create our homes so that we might be comfortable, and all of that is, is, is a good, good and, and I'm not knocking that. But to have a great gains, we need to sacrifice our comforts for one another. Um, several years ago, I was doing, and I don't know, someday I may get back into it. I did endurance races. I would run marathons and uh, very difficult to run a marathon, 26.2 miles. Um, the most pain that I have ever experienced. But at the end of the race, it is the most exhilarating feeling that, that I ever had. And, and you don't just get up one morning and decide, you know what, I'm going to run a marathon. No, it takes months and months of getting up in the morning and going out and, and logging in those miles. You have to run when it's hot. You have to run when it's cold. You run when it's raining. You know, it, because you know that if I'm not uncomfortable today, I will not be able to, to achieve the goal that I have set down the road. We must have a long view picture of what we are trying to accomplish. We do this in, in the church as, as well. We need to, to have the, the big picture. And too often we, we are so focused on what we want to do, what we would like to see happen. And that, that's great. We all come together with those views. And, and the way the church works is, is we all work together to find the way that God has called us to do ministry in, this, in, in our churches. And often that comes through sacrificing our comforts for that of other people. Remember, at uh, several churches ago, I was, was tasked with, with coming in to help establish a, a new worship service, a different worship service, so a very traditional type of, of church. We had the pipe organ, very, you know, uh, very traditional in, in the type of music. But they realized that what was happening is a lot of our younger people were leaving the church. And they would get into their 20s or 30s. And, and, and so what we did is... Um, they, they said, can you come in and just help us to figure this, this out? And I said, well, I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but uh, we'll figure it out together. And we did. And it was a rocky road there for a while. Not everybody immediately bought into what we were trying to do. Some people didn't, didn't like the music we, we were doing. Some people felt like we were uh, being disrespectful of, of the church. And obviously that was not our hearts at, at, at all. But over time, with persistence, we found that that people began to change. One, we saw more young people coming into our worship service. And we met at 8.30 in the morning on Sunday morning. And we know how hard it is to get to church on Sunday morning. But young people were getting up early to come to church. And we didn't end up seeing, you you kind of see the picture of the church. We had young people worshiping alongside of of older people. And I, and I knew one of the most encouraging things I heard during my time there is when an older lady came to me. She said, Adam, you know, this isn't really my kind of music. You know, what? if I had to, to turn on the radio, this isn't what I would be listening to. But she said, to see all of these young people sitting in here in church and worshiping, she said, it's so worth it. That's an example of somebody sacrificing their comfort so that we can grow in the body of Christ. We also, as we, we fervently love one another, we suffer together. All right? The church, as Christians, we are called to, to, to suffer. 
Right? And that's not something that we, we necessarily like to, to talk about. And, and it's not going out and seeking suffering. Right? Some people like to just uh, to, to, to be so out there, and we do it a lot on social media. Right? Some, we, we like to, to post things on, on Facebook, and we, we throw out these bombs, and then we, we say, now, I'm not here to debate this. Well, <laughs> you, you are, because you're, you're putting it out there in a public forum like that. But, but that's not really persecution. I'm talking about just living your life as God has called you to live, and yet the world comes to, to do harm to you because of your faith in Christ. We see in the Thessalonians that, that they held each other up. We must hold one another up. We also have to, to pick one another up. Sometimes we get knocked down. Sometimes we can't do it on our own. The worst place to, to be when you're having a, a tough time and, and struggling in life is, is to be alone. Sometimes we don't like to go and to, to help that brother or sister up because, because we we feel uncomfortable. Maybe you, you don't know what to, to say. Maybe you don't know how to, to help them. And that's true. Many times we, we don't, but that's okay because one of the most, one of the greatest things that you can do for them is just to be there with them. Call it the ministry of presence. It's just spending time with them so that they're not alone. And also to, to pray for them. And that's our last point, is that we must pray together. So prayer is, is, is foundational to what we do. And I want it to be foundational to what we do here at Central Baptist Church. Because as I've said time and time again, we can, we can fake it. We can go on and we can just do everything, try to do it the right way and try to look at what everybody else does and, and try to model ourselves after certain people. But, but you can do that without the Holy Spirit. But that's not what the church has, has called us to be. We are to be ambassadors of Christ. And in, to, in order to do that, we must pray together. We must be passionate in our prayers for one another. Think about your prayer time. Are you just kind of just, just running down the prayer list? You know, God, be with so-and-so, be with so-and-so. So-and-so's got surgery. Or do you feel like you're, you're really pouring out your heart to God? God wants us to, to be in that relationship with him, to communicate with him and to share, bear our souls with him. We need to pray for one another. That's why I would encourage you to come on Wednesday nights. We have a great time to, in, in prayer. Uh, and, and most important, what I want to do is, is to, for us to just to pray for each other that are there. Uh, it's just something powerful about having a brother or sister that is in need and to, and to, to, to pray over them all together in one, in one community uh, because prayer changes things. We say that and we believe it, but, but do our actions show that we truly believe that? We also have to be persistent in our prayers for one another. We, we can't just, you know, go to, to, to God. God wants us to, to be persistent in, in prayer. We know that he answers prayers, as I talked about, especially with, with George Mueller last week, that he showed every time that God answered his prayer. We know that he answers our prayer, but we need to be persistent in our prayer. Sometimes we just, we go in and we, we pray one time and then we move on to the next person. But we need to be persistent as we pray. And lastly, we, we need to be purposeful in our, our prayers. 
We need to be, be pers- purposeful in, in how we pray. I like to say we need to be, get specific. Sometimes we're, we just, we just kind of just throw it out there and just say, God, you know, so-and-so's need. And, and, and yes, he does. And, and, and that's okay to pray that at times, but, but sometimes we need to get specific in how we, we pray for somebody. Oftentimes we need to be specific in how we pray to God for ourselves, particularly with the difficulties and the sin in our lives. Sometimes we like to just to gloss over the, the, the bad that's going on in our life. Say, God, I want you to, 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 to fix me. Sometimes you need to bear your soul to God to allow him to, to fix you. We need to pray for spiritual growth. Yes, we want numerical growth. I want to see these pews all filled up with people. But we need to pray that we are not just growing numerically, but that we are growing deep in our spiritual walk with God. We also need to, to pray for, for open doors. As I said, we've been talking about evangelism and the gospel on Sunday nights and, and praying that, that God would, would give you the opportunity to share the gospel with, with those that, that he has placed on your heart. God will open doors for you. We just have to open our eyes sometimes to, to see those doors that are around. We also need to pray for open doors for our church. And he's going to open those doors. We're going to see it on October 31st. We are opening the doors of our church. I don't know who's going to walk through those doors, but God already does. And for some reason, he has placed us at this time, at this moment, right here on Central Avenue in Maysville to allow people in our community to walk through the doors of our church so that, so that they may see us as followers of Christ, loving the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and, and strength, and, and caring for those that are around us. We also need to, to pray for, for increasing love. Uh, so I, we, we close out our, our time here this, this morning. I just want to, uh, us to, 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 be, to be open uh, to how God is, is calling you to, to pray, and especially as we, we pray for, for our growth, I should kind of think about where you are in your spiritual walk with Christ. Some of you have been followers of Christ for, for many decades. Some of you, maybe just a couple of years. But we're never finished with this spiritual journey till we're in glory with, he- with, uh, with God our Father. But I want you to, to pray to God, God, where do I need to be growing in my faith? Maybe it's you need to grow in your love for the word. Growing in, in reading the Bible, having the time where you spend daily with, with God and, and his word. Maybe you need to, to grow in your commitment to the church, to how you, you serve the church and how you sacrifice for the body of Christ. Maybe you need to, to pray for how you, you live your life outside of the walls of, these, of these, uh, this church. Do your actions in the real world match what you say and believe inside of these walls? Maybe you need to, to pray that God would open doors for you to minister to those that are hurting, that are in need, inside the church, but also outside the church as well. All of us know somebody 
that's struggling in life. And those are great opportunities to show the gospel to them, to share Christ with them. Maybe you, you do, you need to increase in, in love, increase in our love for God, but also increase in our, our love for, for each other. Do you find that, that when you come to church, that as you leave, you always, just, you always find something to, to, to nitpick? You always can find the one thing that, that didn't, didn't go well. And you focus and you dwell on that. Or are you a person that, that looks at, at the good that is going on and how we can, we can grow and how we can, can build up the kingdom of God? We see the sacrifice that, that Paul had for the Thessalonians, how he gave of himself, he gave Timothy up, you know, he, the person that is closest to him to go to the Thessalonians to make sure that, that they were growing in their faith. While that is a great example, we have even a better example of sacrifice. That is God the Father sent his son, Jesus Christ, his one and only son, He sent him to this earth that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's that's why we're here. That's why we are a gospel church. That is the message that that we proclaim, that God in his love for us sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that we might be saved. And yes, we are saved from hell and we are saved to heaven, but we got space in between there. And God has called us to live on mission for him all the days of our lives. There is no retirement in the kingdom of God. We, don't, we're not, we never have the time to say, you know what, my time is done. It's time for somebody else to take over. Now, yes, our roles it may change from time to time, but we are called to, to work we are to work hard for the kingdom of God. Would you pray with me, please? God, we, we come to you this morning. We come to you as your children, saved by the blood of Jesus. We thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for, for our sins. God, we know that we don't, we don't work to, to earn your favor, but we love because you first loved us. God, I pray as we, as we close out our time here this morning that, that we would seek to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That we would never be content, never be comfortable where we are in our walk with you. That we would always be growing. Be growing in our love for you, but also growing in our love for, for others. I pray that our faith would be a faith of, of action. A faith of, of seeing this gospel transform the lives inside of our church, but also outside of these walls as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
This is Pastor Adam again. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon podcast. I would love to hear from you and to pray for you. You can contact me via email at adam at adamburton.net. Also, please check out Central Baptist Church on Facebook, as well as our website, cbcmaysville.com. May God bless you.